Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. I am one half of your host, Jumpy, and I am joined by the lower half. Rip, that's right, here to give you the complete Voltron experience of Rumby. Mm-hmm. I am the upper torso. He is everything below the belt. That's right, baby. So, <laughs> we're bringing you another review of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't know if you heard of it. It's a new hit show. Oh, Came yeah. out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Season 3, episode 10? Yes. Yeah, season 3, episode 10. Titled, The Tale of the Dream Girl. So the tale of the dream girl. This was an interesting episode. Uh, I want to look at the director of this episode. It was directed by (laughs) David Winning. Winning. That's a sick name. Um, He did some really cool camera work. So I, I am a fan of this director. He's directed a bunch of episodes, Locker 22, Dream Machine, Shiny Red Bicycle, The Watcher's Woods. He directed that one too. I I think I'm a big fan of this director in particular for this show. Because this one had some fancy camera work. Um, The story was really interesting. So, yeah, David Winning, good director. (laughs) Before we start off the episode, we should tell you what we predicted in the last episode. Um, What did you predict, Rip? Well, true to our name, Rumby, we both predicted Sam. However, <laughs> <laughs> the Jumby part of this predicted a story of a succubus invading dreams. Tale of the Dream Girl. It's just a girl that turns out to be a succubus and they have to stop her. I went in the direction of somebody has dreams of a girl and he ends up seeing her, but she's like, she doesn't understand what's going on. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. It'll be weird. I didn't go into too much detail, but I went in that direction. I was kind of right. Kind of. Shockingly, the TVY7 show did not include a storyline about a succubus <laughs> woman who sucks the soul out of a man. That's weird. I don't know why I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, Maybe the next step. I wouldn't put a pass Are You Afraid of the Dark, though. Like, they would do that. Like, they just wouldn't call her a succubus. Like, oh, no, it's a lady vampire <laughs> some shit. I can definitely see, like, Betty Ann doing that kind of story. Yeah, that'd be cool. I hope she, I hope she mm-hmm. does. Well, if she never did, in our reboot of it with Paramount Plus, we will include one. Mm-hmm. A story, Are You Afraid of the Dark After Dark, will include... <laughs> The Darker Tales with Betty Ann uh, and a whole crew of adults. <laughs> Betty Ann didn't age, obviously. She's timeless. But all the other ones are adults and they all tell scary stories. Nice. So, yeah, this one kicks off around the campfire, just like always. <laughs> and we see. Except that one episode a- where, like, Gary and Kristen were at the magic shop. 
Oh, that was sick. I want them to do more stuff like that, oh. where it's just like different location or like the car ride over or more likely the bicycle ride over. <laughs> they only did that because they already used the set for Sado's magic chop and they're like, hey, we might as well just fucking have that seed with them. <laughs> we need two more minutes in the episode. Come on, kids. <laughs> but yeah, they started off I wonder, at the campfire. Like, hmm? Well, I was just saying like, I, I thought that like all the campfire scenes and then all of the story scenes were shot completely separate locations Ooh. without the actors interacting. But maybe it's closer by and they, they could just like hang out or like look at the sets and stuff. That'd be cool if we could have like a behind the scenes. But at the same time, I kind of don't want to see that either. I like the mystery. Yeah, you don't want to see the magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want it to be movie magic and you don't want it explained to you. I get that. <laughs> So yeah, we are around the campfire. Everyone's chilling. Um, Gary and Frank are leaning up against a tree, like cool kids that they are, the leaders. Um, Kiki and Tucker are participating in a arm wrestling competition <laughs> with one another. And Tucker is struggling. All right, Kiki has got this. Kiki is just like grinning at him. She's toying around with him. She's like opening her hand all the way and then closing it, you know, like what people do when they're easily winning an arm wrestling match. Tucker, on the other hand, is sweating. All right. He has his feet planted into the floor. He's grabbing onto the stump to try and push against it for more force. Anything he can do, but it's not working. He's talking trash too, nonstop. Yeah. Trying to take her off her game. And she's like just having a bounce off of her. Yeah. She doesn't take anybody's shit except for. Maybe f- no, not even Frank. She doesn't take anybody's shit. Nope. And she's uh, uh. We got the two old men from the Muppets watching Gary and Frank, criticizing the both <laughs> of them. <laughs> Look at that form. If we were to jump in there, we could destroy both of them. <laughs> so they get interrupted during the match, the arm wrestling match, by Betty. And Sam arriving together. Ooh. I forgot that these guys were friends. So they would arrive together. Because mm-hmm. unless I'm remembering incorrectly, Betty did bring Sam in, right? Yes, she did. Yeah. So they're good friends. I, I like that they're, there's some continuity here. And they're actually doing friend stuff. Like showing up together. Yeah. Carpooling. Like like when we forgot that uh, that David brought in Frank. And this is ne- they never talk about it again. <laughs> you see i didn't like that it's just like i i can't eat until you just said it i'd forgotten <laughs> I, I didn't know if you asked me who brought in frank i'd have been like gary i don't know hmm. group decision maybe it was eric hmm. remember remember eric who me neither so yeah betty ann and sam arrive and Kiki looks over to them, so does Tucker. And Kiki's like, hey, everybody. And she uses this moment of distraction to finally take out Tucker and just swing the arm down. All right, damn near broke his wrist. <laughs> and Tucker's like, no fair. I was distracted. That's not right, Kiki. All right, I totally could have beat you. One more time. He puts his hand back up, but his hand's shaking because he's <laughs> just you know, like, gets an empty threat. He's just like, come on, Kiki, I'll do it. And Frank, without him, without missing a beat, 
was just like, put your hand down. You're lost. Get over it. Move on with your life. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't always agree with Frank, <laughs> but right now I do. It's like, yeah, Frank's speaking the truth. And Kiki's like, dude, I won. Get over it. And and then Tucker's like, I could. you're just scared. You're scared because I could beat you anytime, any place. And Betty Ann's like, fuck's going on <laughs> what's what, what's the, the theatrics and frank explains it I like, <laughs> he does frank explains what's going on that they're arm wrestling <laughs> and then kiki's like yeah you're right tucker even though i just obliterated you i must be afraid that's that has to be the answer <laughs> and she's being much more sarcastic than i thought she was gonna be and this whole thing it seems sincere <laughs> yeah hmm? And this whole thing started because uh, Kiki called um, Tucker a runt. And Tucker didn't like that. Mm. Probably because he's really short and his brother's really tall. <laughs> but and He doesn't seem to be growing anymore. Mm-hmm. Not yet. <laughs> not until the spinoff. But Kiki was sincere about everything like yeah i'm sorry i called you that and then he just tucker couldn't just let it let her have it or just squash it there he's like you're only apologizing now because you know what's gonna happen <laughs> and then he's like, you're scared and then she's like and then she gets sarcastic he's like yeah that's right i must be scared and then gary's like yo uh i don't want to hear all you bitch because Sam is up tonight with her story. You ready, girl? Mm-hmm. Notably, Sam and Betty, they were late. But you know who didn't say shit about it? <laughs> Gary. <laughs> why that is. I wonder why that is, everybody. I think he's just emotionally ex- exhausted now because Tucker's in the group. <laughs> sure. sure. I think it's because Sam was the one who's late. Mm-hmm. And Gary has a little crush. Ooh. Or... He's terrified of Betty, and he's not going to say anything. That's true. You never one of those two things. Never hear him probably both about. actually. <laughs> Sam uh, gears up to tell her story, and she's like, "All right, guys, today's story isn't about the usual stuff. Okay, there's not going to be ghosts or zombies or demons." And then Betty Ann looks a little little grimace. You know, she's <laughs> like, "Man, come on." <laughs> and then. Sam goes on, goes on to say that today's story is something truly terrifying. It's about love. <gasps> she gives a little look to Gary. Gary gives a little look to her. They both grin off camera, of course. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, love. And then somebody whines about it. I think it was either Tucker or Frank. Kiki. Right? Or both. It was <laughs> Kiki. <laughs> Damn, Kiki. <laughs> Kiki's like, Ugh, love, that's not scary. What kind of garbage is this? And she's like, no. All right. Love is super scary. All right. Love can be deadly. All right. You can be so in love that it could kill you. And that's what my story is about today. So mm-hmm. her retort was, who says love isn't oh, scary? Oh, word for word. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who says love isn't scary? Sometimes it can really hurt. Love is what people live for. And in my story, or Sam's story, 
It's kind of what they died for. <coughs> Sam picks up the midnight dust, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Sam calls this story the tale of the dream girl. Whoosh. Bum, bum, bum. I was getting a little nervous here because dream girl, I didn't really, it didn't really occur to me that it was like a phrase, you know, when we were doing our guesses, I was like, oh, it's literally a girl in a dream, but maybe it's just referring to like a a really well-suited girl, you know, like a a perfect girl. (laughs) So this made me nervous. I was like, oh, this might not even be about dreams at all. We'll see if it was (laughs) right now. So we begin. We're immediately introduced to our protagonist, I guess, uh, Johnny. Yeah. And he's just got a strike. He's in a bowling. We're in a bowling alley. He just got a strike, and he's happy. And his sister Erica came by, um, and just kind of rolled her eyes, like, "Oh my god," because he's like over celebrating. Um, they have a little back and forth in clear view of everyone I might add I'm just saying <laughs> uh, but Sam goes on to explain that, that Johnny and Eric are both siblings and they work together at mm-hmm. the Bowl of Rama Lanes and Erica was the waitress and Johnny was maintenance mm-hmm. so they're the, immediately we get thrust into the plot Johnny's in the locker. He's talking to Erica, and he finds a silver ring with a sapphire gem in his locker that he's never seen. He quickly inquires about it. Like, wait, what is this? I've never seen this before. And um, did you put this here to Erica? Erica's like, no, I didn't. It's a um. Definitely a girl's ring, so I don't know why you uh are putting it on. <laughs> and then he puts it on his ring finger. I'm not sorry, not his finger, his pinky, and it can't come off. And then he's like, I can't get this off. And he turns around and Erica's gone and he's like, Erica. And we uh <laughs> we cut to him putting like like honey on it, right? I think. Trying to get it off. But Erica's something just, like that. They're at their house, and Erica's doing homework. Um, Something I want to mention about Johnny. I mentioned it while we were watching, but Johnny has the appearance. I don't know what it is about him. Probably his haircut. (laughs) But he has the appearance of, like, a 2022 teenager. It's because... I I don't know what it is about him. He doesn't look like he's from the 90s. All his hair is parted to one side, but, like, he has curly hair. And here's the other thing. Like, in his locker... You see, like, an entire jar of, like, um, hair gel. So he's clearly, like, putting parting at one side, leaving there. And he has curly hair, but I guess he just overdoes the hair gel, and it's, like, straightish. But it's all parted to, like, one side. And he doesn't shave. If he, if he shaved the other side, then he'd definitely be a 2022 man. But... I think that's what it is too. Yeah, the sides are like short hair, not shaved, but look, they it looks short while it's pulled back, and that's what all the kids do these days. They just <laughs> shave their heads. <laughs> so, so Johnny's complaining that he can't pull the the ring off, 
um he's tried everything soap vaseline hair gel um uh but it just won't come off and he's about to sit um he's about to sit and he bumps into erica and she moves all her homework and they sit down and they start talking their mother comes in and she tells erica hey it's time for bed it's getting very late and it's a school night Johnny doesn't get this though. He doesn't like get told to go to bed. But everybody seems normal about it. Erica gets up and Johnny says goodnight to his mom, but his mom just keeps walking. Like she's already like halfway up the stairs by then, so she probably didn't hear him. But Johnny's still kinda yeah. hurt about it. <laughs> He's like, hey, <laughs> And then Erica's like, "What's up with her? Being a real grouch lately." <laughs> Erica's just like, "Mom has a lot on her mind." So, you coming to bed, Johnny? Nah, I'm gonna stay here and watch TV. Okay. Double standards, am I right? She she got yelled at for doing homework on the couch, <laughs> and he's just hit, sitting here channel surfing, and no one cares. Jeez. So, Johnny sits down, watches TV, and falls asleep. And mind you, he's not sitting down on the couch. He's resting his back on the legs of the couch and just spread out. Oh, he fell asleep like that. <laughs> but he did. And. Oh, wait. Johnny says, I'd rather sit here and channel surf. All right. So it's time for some key words <laughs> that you might understand. All right. Some vocabulary lesson. The Phantom's 90s word of the day or phrase channel surfing. <laughs> Back before you had the guided menu, if you still have, you know, cable TV, which you probably don't because no one does, um, you used to just have TV where there was channels that played random stuff and you had no control over it. If you paid a certain amount, you'd get this book in the mail, this thick book that tells you when certain TV shows are going to be there and you flip through it and you have to find it. It's like a big dictionary almost like it's that kind of size. And then that's the only way you could know, but nobody bought those things. So you would just guess and change the channel and watch whatever's on. And there's nothing you could do about it. There's no pausing. There's no rewinding. If you miss a TV show, you miss a TV show. So channel surfing is just like, I don't have any idea of what's on TV. I'm just going to go through all the channels and see what's on. The more you know. <laughs> and that's exactly Back to what... <laughs> the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. exactly what Johnny was doing. He was channel surfing. He fell asleep doing it. Mm-hmm. Classic. And while he's sleeping, the signal goes out, and it just shows black and white static. He uh, hears a voice call out to him. Johnny, Johnny, where are you? He's like, Rip, I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) No, he hears an illustrious female voice call to him. Johnny, where are you? There you are. <laughs> and he sees no I, I found you. And a a brunette teenage girl in a blue letterman jacket enters the living room, leans over, and kisses his cheek. She asks <laughs> him to wake up. He doesn't. And then the sound of a train can be heard and Johnny wakes up 
did not catch the train sound the first time. Yeah. <laughs> He's confused about this. He tries to take the the ring off, but he can't. Turns off the TV and just calls it a night. At the bowling alley. The, the next, next day. scene. Yes. <laughs> we um, <laughs> open on a portly fellow coming up to the counter with a bunch of papers and a pen in hand. And he starts talking to Johnny's sister. What's her name again? Erica. And he's Erica. Very happy and he's a very in a very good mood. Mm-hmm. Jovial man. And the reason he's so happy is that he has saved so much money over the past couple months because nothing has broken down. He hasn't had to hire a maintenance man or do anything of that sort to fix anything. It's been perfect. Life is great. And he's explaining all this to Erica, and Erica's just like, all right, whatever. I don't care. Like, I, She seems kind of like she's listening, but she's not doing so very politely. She's just like, eh. Stop yeah. talking to me. Yeah. And he catches wind of this and he's like, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm. And, and then he waddles off. And we see Johnny. And he's just like hurt. And he, he he's just like, dude, this guy doesn't hire another person and I have to do all the work here. And he just gave me his back. Fuck this guy. And then um, and you know what? This guy hasn't paid me in like five months. Hmm. I'm gonna leave this job. It's like I'm invisible. He says, like he doesn't see me. <laughs> Something and, like that. Yeah, and he, she's uh, like, "Oh, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be working or something?" And he's like, "Nah, just, just be out here for a little bit." You know, she's like, "Well." If you get grease on anything, you know, the manager will be mad. Um, well, at least he'll know I'm around and that I keep this place running. You know, he could freaking appreciate me. And then he looks off and he sees a girl in a blue letterman jacket. And then he moves in closer, brings Erica in. And he's like, hey, promise you won't laugh. She's like, nope. It's like, okay, well, whatever. I've been having we- uh, weird dreams about the most beautiful girl I've ever met. And then she's like, yeah, you and like every other guy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, no, no. But this is like real specific. This, this dreams feel so real and I've never met this woman before, but I can't stop thinking about her. And I think that's the girl over there. Erica's like, Cheryl, Cheryl Lightheart. <laughs> these names <laughs> and Johnny's like okay I'm gonna go over and talk to Cheryl um, maybe my dreams are a sign that being with Cheryl could be faith oh his dream girl yeah mm-hmm. Erica's like I wouldn't do that if I were you she's with her two friends and uh, doesn't look like good good person to talk to and then we go over we sh- shoot to the scene with uh with cheryl lightheart and her two friends and one of the little bitches was like uh this is i asked for a size six and this is a size nine 
I did you read it upside down or something? <laughs> and, Which, oh, <laughs> now it's time for me to say the exact dialogue, sir. Because <laughs> her, her stupid joke was, are your eyes upside down or something? There you go. Uh, and they all giggled. And that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Even for a corny joke, that was just dumb. That did not resonate. They all laugh like a bunch of goons, especially the Cheryl woman, um, who at closer, like at a closer look, does not look anything like the dream girl. Yeah. She's just wearing a letterman jacket. So we have our boy Johnny approaching Cheryl. And Johnny's like, let me let me talk to you for a second. All right, let me let's have some words. I have something to tell you. Cheryl puts on a really disgusted face or like a disturbed face and she turns around and she looks at Johnny dead in the face. And then she turns around and completely ignores the guy. She's just like, uh, do you guys hear somebody talking to me? And then she like giggles like a hyena. And the girls are like, nope, I don't see anybody around. Better get out of here. And they all laugh in Johnny's face. Ugh, disgusting. You hate to see it. Yeah. But I think Johnny recognizes that that was not the girl from his dreams. Well, <laughs> if he didn't think that before, he does now because <laughs> she sucks. So Johnny goes back to his locker and it's empty. And then All my stuff. He can hear that same girl calling for him. Johnny? Johnny, it's me. Mm-hmm. It's Rip. <laughs> no, it's Donna. It's Donna. Johnny's like, Who? She's like, It's me, John Donna, Johnny. And he looks down a hallway. Um, and at the end of the hallway, she appears, and then she's like, "I'm done." This is um. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm probably wrong about this, but I I thought that they were both behind the pins, you know, like yes, that yeah. back area. Yeah, yeah I think that's where they were. They're they're in the they're mm-hmm. like in the hall. This is like the hallway behind the bowling where the bowling pills pins get knocked down. And I like seeing that in movies because like I can't see that in real life. So I'm like, yeah, unless you back. work there. I can't. They won't hire. <laughs> so Johnny goes over to uh he's like, Hey, Donna, don't move, we'll be right back. And Johnny goes over to find Erica, but he can't find her. And then he goes searching around the bowling alley looking for Erica and then he sees Donna on the other side of the bowling alley He's calling his name again he goes over to see her but when he gets there she's gone and there's people bowling particularly one woman who's setting up a pin and she knocks well, and she knocks him down and she starts screaming in enjoyment as Johnny's walking away Johnny hears his scream and it bothers him. He covers his ears and he can hear the train tracks again. And this is one of those um those scenes I was talking about when I mentioned that I like the cam work in this episode. Mm-hmm. Cuz this had, you know, a lot of style to it. Yeah, like, like the way they cut to him, they cut to everybody, they they did kind of like a vertigo shot. 
Yeah. Almost. Like it was it was un- unnerving. And he's 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 horrified by this until he realizes that it's just a girl celebrating that she knocked down the pins. So he just shakes it off and he goes home. He's on the couch. Mm-hmm. His mom walks in. She's looking through the mail. And Johnny goes to speak to her, but she's like already up the stairs already. And she dropped the she dropped a letter. He goes mm-hmm. to give it to his mom, but she's up the stairs and not returning anything he's saying. So he's like, I don't know what's on her mind, but uh, let me go he talk to her. looks too much like his father when she left. <laughs> <laughs> so he finds a letter and it's addressed to him. So he goes to the only other person that would listen to him, Erica. Mm-hmm. And it's from Donna Maitland. And it's a love poem. I wish Donna would leave like a mixtape that has a certain song on it. And it's like <laughs> that operatic song from Jinji. Oh. <laughs> 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 That'd be something. And Erica's like, where the fuck did you get that? You know who wrote it's mine, <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually how it all started. There you go. Somebody recorded it, or somebody sent it to Japan. <laughs> that's how the whole episode starts. Wait, what was the name of the the singer from the Junji episode? I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I think her name was Donna something, Donna Bella or something. Is it? Right, we got something here. We got some connective tissue here. <laughs> I, I know you for have to look bullshit, it up. <laughs> for our bullshit, just uh, if her if they're what what's the name? Paula Bell. <laughs> ah, so close. Could have been Donna Bell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never mind, everybody. <laughs> um, it was Donna Bell. Come on. So Donna wrote a poem for good old Johnny, and mm-hmm. it was like roses are red, violets are blue, or. Yeah, roses are red, violets are blue. I can't wait to see you or something. I, don't, I can't stop thinking about you. Meet me at the, <laughs> meet me at the diner like twelve a.m. And everybody could have sung that. <laughs> so, meet me at the diner at twelve a.m. And they're both kind of skeptical about it. That's weird. Girl, he's never mm-hmm. met. Asked him to meet him at twelve a.m. at the diner. But his gut feeling tells him to go. He has to know more about her. I keep dreaming about her. I keep seeing her. She's sending me this note. I have to do that. So Erica's like, okay, well, do what you got to do. So he goes to the snack bar. And he sees a waitress in 1960s clothing playing like 60s music in the back and um just like a couple like fully dapper people like um the tale of the um, the one that happened on like february 29th on a full moon remember that one yeah the one where the house yeah was like a living embodiment ghost yeah and he used he he really didn't like breezes (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't remember the name of that one, but it was very yeah. funny. So it's like they had they had that kind of going, and um, it's really very confusing to Johnny. And he's like, mm-hmm. "What are you all?" Do- oh no, 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 there's a chef in the back too. And he's just like, "What are you guys doing here?" I don't know. I don't know. It's supposed to. Be- I thought this was supposed to be closed. And the waitress is like, "Uh, you can call us the night shift." And then he's like, "Okay." And then he gets served hot apple pie a la mode with um with a double chaser of Coke. Cola. Mm. Pop. This kid's way too skinny to be eating that stuff. <laughs> and he's like, well, he is a hard working maintenance man. So. Yeah, he needs those calories. So he's like, how do you how do you guys know that's my favorite thing? And he's like, the waitress is like, we know a thing or two. <laughs> so time passes. He finishes his, his meal, his dessert. And mm-hmm. Donna's not there yet and it's really bothering him but he when he's ready to just pay the tab and move on um he the the waitress asks him like are you sure you're ready to go and he's like well i mean and then we see donna she shows up and she apologizes for being late but she would never stand him up and then he's like why she says he has her ring. It's like, oh yeah, my ring. And he's like, oh, do you want it back? And she's like, eh, don't worry about that. Let's just dance. And they dance together. They dance for a while. And he asks her, who are you? How do you know me? She tells him, you must know. Because you're wearing my ring. He's like, I found it. But she's like, shh, shut the fuck up. It's almost time to go, and I want to leave with you. Now, this is getting to, like, Jumbie's succubus theory. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's she's taking him to hell with all that shit. Um, the waitress is like, oh, you better hurry. <laughs> the clock's, uh, it's almost time. It, uh, you better hurry, or the chances to leave is, is going to go. And then Dennis like, no, it's too late. I'm sorry, but I'll wait for you. And she leaves. And <laughs> Johnny gets so fucking pissed. He's like, what the fuck or do you mean it's too late? She just said we better hurry. And he flips the table. And <laughs> it says he bumps into the table, but I saw that. He flipped the fucking table in anger. <laughs> and then and he's like, oh, shit. I'm sorry. And he turns around and the whole place is uh empty. Da, da, da. So Johnny runs. Presumably, home. all those people he saw were ghosts, <laughs> and now they're all gone. Yeah. That pie that he could have eaten would he would he would he have been able to eat it? I don't know. Would it have just you know tasted like ash in his mouth? Who knows? Like ash. Good, good, good <laughs> cleanup. <laughs> yep. So Johnny runs home. He's visibly upset scared and doesn't know what the fuck went on and he's looking at Erica <laughs> and he's like Erica she was there I met her and um and and before Johnny can say anything more she's like is this the girl we met and she pulls out a newspaper picture of 
edits of Donna Maitland. Is this the girl you saw? And he's like, yeah, that's her. And then she's like a master origamiist or something because she's like, this is the article. And then she folds up the top half, right, to reveal that um, Donna died in a car accident a long time ago. Um, Actually, I don't know what possessed her to (laughs) fold up this paper just for the big reveal. She could have just handed him the newspaper unfolded. But she's like, let me just unfold here. And then just just little section here. There you go. Isn't that great? So it wasn't a long time ago, but um, it feels like it recently happened. And she tells her, look, she tells Johnny, look, in this article that I read, uh, Donna and her boyfriend were driving. The car got stuck on the train tracks. They made it out of the car. But Donna forgot her ring. She went, uh, um, the ring her boyfriend gave her recently. Donna ran back to the car to get it, but didn't make it in time. The train did, but not her. <laughs> the train smashed yeah, into the car. The train wasn't stopping for anybody. <laughs> and the train smashed in the car and killed her. Sad. And then Johnny is just like, Oh shit! So I just danced and made out with a ghost, and she wanted me to leave with her, taking to taking me to like God knows the afterlife. Hell, <laughs> succubus. And as a, she's like, "Fuck! Why did I find this ring? I need to get this off." Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and declare victory. She <laughs> is a succubus. I win. Yeah, it's like it's like a cursed ring. Whoever wears this ring becomes the the quote-unquote boyfriend and she takes him to to hell and Mm -hmm. consumes their soul Hmm. or their life force actually so it ends up killing you Hmm. that's how they're supposed to work so so um so this is where the scene where like it looks like honey that he's using to take the ring off but he can't and um i assumed it was like I assumed it was like motor oil or something because he, he's in a mechanics getup or yeah. like maybe just grease, you know, <laughs> to, that he uses on the machinery. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Donna's there. She shows up and she's like, don't run away from me. Um, He's like, look. She's like, I want you to go with me. He's like, look, take the ring back. I don't want it. And Donna... It's like don't you don't you get it by now? It's not the ring I want. It's you. Um you're the one I, I I would hope that you'd understand that by now. And um and then he's just like, just leave me alone. And as she's coming closer, she's like, It's time to go now. And he's like, No. And Erica is like in front of him instead of Donna. And Erica's like, Are you okay? And he's like freaked out. Um, he's like, did you see Donna? Did you see anybody? And she's like, no, I didn't. And we cut to back at the house. And Johnny's pacing back and forth. He doesn't know what to do. And Erica's like, are you sure it's the ring that's making all this happen? And he's like, I guess. I don't know, but why won't this freaking ring come off? And then we hear the phone ring. 
Erica answers, and her eyes he widen. Looks horrified. Yes, <laughs> she is very horrified, and she's like, "It's for you." <laughs> and then he picks up, and it's Tana. And Johnny's just like, "Look, I don't know if this is some kind of prank. I don't know what you're doing, but it needs to end now. Just leave me alone, okay? I'm not. I'm not doing this crap." Is she's like, is that really what you want? He's like, yeah. Okay, Johnny. I'm sorry. I won't bother you anymore. And she hangs up. And suddenly, Aye. the ring slips off his finger. And then Eric. This is where the episode took a complete 180. <laughs> I was like, you put that ring back on and go to the afterlife <laughs> with her. How dare you? Somehow her succubus powers have went through the screen and tricked me. <laughs> that was like sad now. And I was rooting for him to lose. So uh, Erica is just like, do you still think it's a joke? And he's like, I think she just wants a ring back. I'll go. And she's like, where are you going to go? How are you going to find this chick? He's like, well, she's a ghost, right? Well, we're going to her grave. So they're at the cemetery and they're looking around looking for her grave. But uh, Johnny trips and he falls down. Erica comes over shining a flashlight. It's like, are you all right? He's like, have you found anything yet? Erica's like, no. But that's when Johnny sees that what he tripped over was a plot on the ground. And he tells her to look at it. They wipe off some leaves and it says Donna Maitland on it. And Erica's frustrated now. She's like, how'd you know it would be right here? And he's like, I don't know. I just just wandered over here. But you knew it was here, right? Like something, um, it just doesn't make sense. You, we get lost. You wandered away and you tripped right over her grave. And he's like, yeah, it just felt- at this part of the <laughs> at this part of the episode, I was like, "Yeah, Erica, I just saw that happen. Are you still a skeptic? You literally heard the ghost on the phone call. What are you What are you trying to insinuate here? You're trying to tell him that you think this is a big ruse that he set up. That's all the stuff I'm thinking right now. In Erica's defense, if a ghost called me, I'd be kind of pissed too. Like, why the fuck is this ghost on my phone? <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I definitely wouldn't be skeptical. <laughs> so she's like, come on. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Don't don't play stupid with me, all right? You knew exactly where she was buried. Why do you think that is? And he's like, I, I don't know. What do you mean? And she's like, you think you've been here before? Did you ever think about that? He's like, why would I be in a cemetery? And she's like, why don't you tell me? <laughs> Erica's really pissed off. Um, yeah, it's like, damn, Erica. <laughs> Calm down. And she's like, he's like, you hear train track sounds, don't you? And she's, she's like, tell me about that night. Tell me. The car got stuck on the tracks. Donna got out. Um, Donna got out of, her, of the car and so did her boyfriend. Then Donna remembered her ring inside the car and ran back to get it because it meant so much to her. 
Donna was too late. The train was coming, and she couldn't get out in time. And as she's saying this, Johnny's hearing a scream in his head. And he screams, Donna! And then she's like, what happened next, Johnny? Johnny said, I turned back. I ran in to try to push her out of the way. But it was too late. The train was already there and hit both of us. Johnny wipes away the rest of the leaves and reveals that his name is underneath Donna's. With the message. Erica just Erica just outed him as a ghost. <laughs> the message underneath their names reads together eternally. And then interesting we get a shift plot point there cuz like would the parents really bury them together like that? I don't I don't know. Side by side. I don't not know on, about that. Not on top of each other. Maybe Yeah. Maybe if they were married. I don't know. But uh, he gets pissed. The tone shifts. Now it's him getting I'd be, angry. I'd be pissed too. <laughs> he's like, at first he's like, I'm dead. Wait, if I'm dead, why how come, how come you never told me this? And she tells him it's because he came in that night like nothing ever happened. He didn't remember anything. And she was the only person that could see him. Nobody else. And for whatever reason, he couldn't remember the accident or anything that happened. And he didn't. Even, and John didn't even know he was dead. He didn't even remember, like, oh, my girlfriend, Donna. Like, he didn't remember Donna at all. And then he's like, what should we do now? And Erica, tell, with, like, last glimmer of hope, was like, well, now that you never know everything, you're still here. Everything could be fine. Let's, you know, come back to the house. We'll hang out. You'll still be my big brother, you know. <laughs> and then as she's saying this, we'll Donna, channel surf. <laughs> we'll watch TV. We'll we'll yell at each other. We'll work. <laughs> we'll work at the the fucking bolarama. You can, <laughs> you can continue working for free at the bowling alley. What are you gonna need money for? But um. As she's saying all this, Donna just walks off, like from off screen into the shot, which was beautiful. And she's like, Johnny, you came back to see me. And then he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, it's time. And then we see like nothing but tears out of Erica's face. She's like, yeah, I know. This is what you have to do. And I know it's what you want this to do. It's time to say goodbye. Johnny and Erica hug for the last time. They tell each other that they love each other. Johnny makes one last joke. Says that's, he's like, hey, you know, you're my favorite sister. And then she's like, with the same retort that she always says, I'm your only sister. He holds her hand. Looks over at Donna. Donna nods in agreement. He gives... And they take her with him <laughs> to the afterlife. <laughs> Donna, t- and then as the camera fades, Donna turns back and her eyes close and it's thriller, thriller. 
and learn now. You see? And the succubus lives on. <laughs> Playing two victims that night. <laughs> so Eric, <laughs> Tani looks over Just at kidding. Donna. Tani looks over at Donna and she nods in agreement. And Johnny gives her the ring that he found in the locker. The ring that he gave to Donna. And he kisses her on the cheek. After kissing Eric on the cheek, he walks over to Donna. And they fucking go at it. Like, they make out. I'm sure there was tongue involved. And they slowly walk off, remembering that Eric is looking on. And <laughs> she is looking on. And she's wiping her tears because she knows that Johnny can finally be at peace with the love of his life. The end. Mm. And Sam says this. Erica was always going to miss Johnny, but it made her feel better to know that he was happy at last with the girl of his dreams. The end. And Gary, first one to say, that was a good one. And Tucker says... He was quick to say that for, <laughs> for Sam's story. I hadn't heard him compliment anybody in a while, you know? Yeah, it's weird. Weird behavior. <laughs> and Tucker's impressed by the story. He's like, cool. You're a ghost and you don't even know it. And then Kiki's like, yeah, makes sense that you'd feel that way. Because you're a runt and you don't even know it. And Tucker's like, what? I'll show you runt. And Kiki runs. Tucker runs. Gary quickly declares the meeting over, puts out the fire, and catches up with everybody. Well. Frank, <laughs> I don't know where he went. <laughs> I didn't see him leave. <laughs> Frank got bored and left halfway through. <laughs> that was it. You see Sam, like, stay back to see Gary put out the fire, and then you see Gary catch up to Sam. The end. Yeah. Notably, they walked off together. <laughs> really good story. That poor, portly bowling alley owner is going to have to hire somebody and lose a bunch of money. So <laughs> he lost his free ghost labor. So, look, what I loved about this episode is that I immediately remembered it as soon as I saw Johnny. And I was like, oh, Jumpy hasn't seen this mo- uh, episode. So my perspective knowing that Johnny is dead was really fun cuz yeah like the i didn't catch it at all <laughs> until they revealed it but i was like nope the bowling the manager like that was so fucked up that he said that to Erica i don't even have right? to hire in retrospect yeah. i don't have to hire anybody else it's fucking great I don't have to do shit. I'm saving so much money. <laughs> he he looked at Erica and he's like, man, the last five months have been so great. Haven't they, Erica? Because I haven't had to pay any handyman oh since the last God. one died. Yeah. Right, Erica? And, and nothing's broken down. Who needs him? And like, this guy's a monster. Yes. The girls... Looking back, he is the real villain. <laughs> the girls like looking over and they're not seeing anything was like, like they had to overact the part because it sounds like they're they're ignoring Johnny, but they really over the fuck acted that part. <laughs> Did you guys hear but somebody? Those girls, <laughs> uh, those girls are acting like actual girls who are 
13, 14 years old, where mm-hmm. everything's sarcastic and they always talk like that. Mm-hmm. So I, it's believable to me that they're just like, did you guys, like, they're genuinely mean, did you hear somebody just now? Mm-hmm. But they sound kind of bitchy. Uh, what was it? Um... it also makes more sense that the um, the facial expressions for Erica, she was acting really well in this episode. Oh, man. When the portly manager was talking to her mm-hmm. and she was like disinterested and she was angry or whatever, like she yeah. was like, all right, stop talking to me. That makes a lot more sense because what he's saying is super rude. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like insensitive about her brother. The the mom ignoring him with just the fact that she couldn't see him. And every time he tried, mm-hmm. every time he tried to make an interaction with somebody, she stopped him. Like Erica was right there to be like, "Don't think about it too much. Just let things happen." Mm-hmm. Um, no. Ex- this whole episode was "Are You Afraid of the Are You Afraid of the Ducks?" Version, actually, not version. It's original idea. Yeah. Sixth Sense, because this came out first. Yeah, and they've a- asked- the Sixth Sense, literally. Like pulled this <laughs> and made a movie out of it. And when they asked M. Night Shyamalan, he has no idea. He's like, I don't, I don't remember ever watching that show. If I did, you know, you know, I'll give him credit. But, uh, and to my knowledge, I haven't watched the show at all. Like, oh. I don't buy it. <laughs> he said the same thing about Avatar: the Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> 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 you made the, they made a cartoon about that i haven't seen it and you know what i believe him because <laughs> that movie it had it nothing so to do with the show oh my god so, so many people lost. Avatar, um... you know you know what's funny to me about the whole thing how many m night fans were avatar the last airbender fans because the moment he made that movie and just spit on it as he did the amount of people, the amount of fans he lost, because he lost a shit ton. I remember that was. I remember being in the theater, right, and this the the trailer for Devil came on, which is just like there everybody's stuck in an elevator, and one of them can be the devil. Somebody's. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that was the whole thing. That was the whole shit, and it gets crazy, and everybody's like, you know, it's kind of cool. But then at the end of it, it says M. Night Shyamalan prevents, uh, presents. I promise you, the whole theater was like, oh, oh, <laughs> just groaned. They're like, oh. his, his fall from grace was really bad. I, I think the newer movies he made were better <laughs> and he started to gain some some good faith back. But I, I can't tell you for sure because I didn't watch them. Devil was good. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. top of the food chain but like going from avatar and watching watch devil was pretty good mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> i mean the bars are real low so uh wayward pines the, the tv series he did was good i liked it uh just season one mm-hmm. i didn't like season two but split is the one that saved his ass that is what i was talking about split is a really good movie i love that movie and i heard old is pretty good so didn't catch old yet um glass wasn't as good as split uh, i still enjoyed it but <laughs> it was it's cool that there's a trilogy <laughs> a secret trilogy there that took like 30 years to make yeah uh i don't 
I don't remember if there's anything else. Like Erica's reaction at some point uh, started making sense. We didn't even talk about uh, how Erica pulled out the same news article and like, <laughs> like kept unfolding it to reveal that Johnny was part of the accident. <laughs> like her little folding method totally worked on me. <laughs> I was just like, oh shit, there's more of the paper. It was like a good chunk. I too. didn't realize that's what she was doing. Fucking origami master. She she must have been sweating because if he's just like, what? Donna's dead. Let me see that newspaper. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> she had to be like, no, don't you trust me? But hold on, you can have it. Just she's just starts ripping parts of it off <laughs> here. I love her reasoning though. It's just obviously there's the uh, the aspect that she could lose her brother if he uh, if he finds out. But also, mm-hmm. he came back not knowing anything that happened, and she quickly realized that he's a ghost. And she that must have been a weird day. Yeah, she she just doesn't understand. Like, okay, he came back. There must be a reason he came to me. Maybe there must be a reason I'm the only one who can see him. Why? And instead of just being and thrusting all of this at information at him, she was kind of just like, because she was helping him along. Once he found that ring, once. Donna started calling him. She started like, okay, go figure it out, figure it out. But then there's still that part of her that was just like, um, like wants to hold on to him. And it makes sense why she blew up at him. It's like, remember, damn it. Remember, stop being stupid. You know what happened. And that scene totally didn't go where I was thinking. I really was (laughs) thinking she's about to... You know, doubt him about the ghosts, and I was like, "How much proof does this woman need?" And they slapped me in the face. I really liked the episode for that. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm just dumb, but they really got me with that twist. And watching it, knowing like the twist, mm-hmm. it, it makes the episode like like I watched it for the first time, kind of thing. Like I know the twist, so it's, rewatching it was like was just as good as the first experience. It's better than The Sixth Sense to me because there's no way of watching The Sixth Sense without not knowing what's going to happen because everybody's talks about that ending. Even with context clues, if you haven't seen The Sixth Sense, you could guess what the ending is based on what I've said in this episode. Everyone references it. Maybe the younger generation can with a clean slate, but (laughs) I wasn't able to. I, I watched it knowing the ending. It's like watching Star Wars, but like not knowing that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's hmm. kid. I mean, yeah, father. Hmm. Was it uh, <sighs> I forgot what show it was, but like um, um, hmm. it's like the <laughs> I think it was American Dad or something. It's like um. It's like that the ending of six like it's like the ending of Sixth Sense where they had that twist where uh Kevin Spacey was actually Kaiser Soze. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing you it's probably American Dad. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I great episode. I wouldn't change a thing. Loved it. I loved it too. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Cool. Well, any interesting tidbits? Uh, they asked him like Shyamalan. He's like, I haven't heard of this fucking <laughs> show. Um, the the cemetery 
uh, props were also used in the Dream Machine for uh, oh, fuck, what was that guy's name? Dead. Um, fuck, what was that guy's name? The 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 black hooded figure that they trapped the best friend in. Um, I don't remember. Blind Paul. Fuck. <laughs> so the tale of the Dream Machine and the tale of Old Man Corcoran. They used the same tombstones. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the song Teen Angel inspired this um, the story. That's cool too. Oh, cool! It's nice to hear the inspiration. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Nothing else. Mm-hmm. This was a direct inspiration for the Sixth Sense. Yeah. All right. So now it's time to reveal the name of the next episode. We will give our predictions on who tells it and what it's about. Will we agree 100% with each other? Again. Maybe. Yeah. You I'm going to try and not agree with you and just go go with curveballs. I'm gonna let you go first, and I'm gonna even if I agree with you, I'm gonna go in a different direction. Okay, so then you you say it. Okay, hold on. Let me scroll, scroll that up. Whatever <laughs> the name is, hold on. Uh, the name of this episode is interesting. Ooh. The next episode is gonna be called "The Tale of the Quicksilver." That's it. Yeah. How the fuck am I supposed to guess that? <laughs> it's gonna be about Pietro Maximov, Wanda's <laughs> kid brother. Oh man, he's a speedster. Tail Quicksilver. I think it's gonna be about a horse named Quicksilver. A horse? Yeah. What? I want to agree with you. It's so cool. And why? What happens? What do you think happens? I don't know. The horse is a fuck. What would be a ghost story about a horse? The horse is dead. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Sea Biscuit. The Quicksilver is dead, but the Quicksilver doesn't know it, and a blonde horse keeps coming in to, to, to guide the horse. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. The horse has a sister. <laughs> Tail Quicksilver? Fuck, man. What is Quicksilver like other than. Pietro. I think it's a type of silver. I mean, if you Google it, you're probably going to see the Marvel character. Oh, it's, all, it's also a clothe- clothing line. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. It is. <laughs> that and Paxson. That's where it was at like 20 years ago. It's Mercury. The meaning of Quicksilver is Mercury. Uh, dude, I don't know. I'm just going to say it's a cool it has the word quick in it it's about a racing horse i don't know what more you know, <laughs> i don't know how this becomes scary i don't know at all fucking uh <laughs> it involves three hounds hungry hounds <laughs> it's gonna be an amalgamation it's gonna be like a season finale i want to say it's sam zero's there i i, I w- you want to yeah. say it's sam yeah you know what yeah she's gonna it- be the the, the the next double person that's wild <laughs> but probably true 
You know what's probably true? It's probably Betty Ann again for the seventh <laughs> time this season. Okay, so the tale of the Quicksilver. I can't stop thinking of speedsters, but it's not going to be that. That's dumb. I think Quicksilver is going to be is going to be like an actual piece of Quicksilver, like a like a jewelry or something. Okay. That works. And the jewelry is somehow haunted or sometime somehow has this like otherworldly powers and it does something bad. Hmm. What that is, I don't know. Um, let's say that it has it's this piece of Quicksilver, this piece of Quicksilver jewelry that has supernatural powers and somebody abuses it. Hmm. I wish Sardo was doing this story, but I think we've <laughs> seen Sardo this season already, right? Uh, Gary hasn't said anything yet. Maybe this is Gary, and he's gonna be a Sardo story. Damn, I like it. How many? Yeah, I'm gonna say Gary, and it's Sardo, and he has a he's give he gives out a piece of quicksilver jewelry that has supernatural powers that seem cool at first, but they're bad. Gotcha. Okay, so you say Gary, and quicksilver is an actual material. Um. Yes, and then because it's Gary, let me um let me come up with the the protagonist is gonna be a girl who has a annoying boyfriend. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, mm-hmm. um, okay. I'm down with that. I just learned something about Sam though. What did you learn about Sam? She plays Ariel in Once Upon a Time. Really? Like she's actually I didn't done really watch re- that show. <laughs> Me either. But she's done really well for herself. Like after this gig, like she was in a lot of shows at school. I like I have no, mm-hmm. like, I saw her. Like her name is um, Joanne Garcia, and I'm like Joanna Garcia, mm-hmm. and I'm like I know that name. But yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff that I recognize. From Once Upon a Time. <laughs> she was in not another teen movie as like the the girl who curses a lot or whatever that would be an interesting rewatch because i don't think that's going to hold up (laughs) a little bit at all uh once upon a time like i i always have this like spite for that show because i'm a really big fan of the comic book series fables Mm -hmm. um if you haven't read it you should pick it up and read it it's really interesting um, but it has a similar premise, that comic book. The premise is like, um, what if fairy tale creatures came from their own world and a certain section of them lived here in a borough in New York and they just had to live out their mortal lives there. And, you know, it's a little more adult, the setting of it, but it's basically a similar concept to Once Upon a Time. And I think they're never going to make that show because of Once Upon a Time. I feel like the moment was like 10 years ago mm. and that show ruined it. So I always have like this little bit of spite for Once Upon a Time for taking up Fable's TV spot. That's funny. Well, I think it's been long enough now. It's been like, what, two years? <laughs> yeah. I, People I, forgot. I don't know. <laughs> they should They should bring it out now. I'd watch the crap out of a Fable's TV show. Oh, Fables has also been adapted as a video game called The Wolf Among Us by Telltale, Ooh. which a lot of you might have heard of. That's the same characters. 
Bigby Wolf and all that. That that's cool. That is cool. Bigby Wolf is the big bad wolf, but he's in a human form and he's a detective. He's turned good. <laughs> Just like I Hook and Once Upon a Time. I hate this show. <laughs> Uh, well, with that being said, any last words, Jumbie? Uh, hello? It's me, Donna. <laughs> hello, it's me, That's... Donna, indeed. <laughs> All right, well, that concludes another episode of Phantoms of Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please check out any other content that we may have provided. And give us a like, subscribe, follow. Anything to show us that you love us. Because you know what? We love you. And it's now, time you understood now, that. How do you not know? Now it's time for, for some operatic, otherworldly music that we heard from Junji. Go, Rip, go. End it off. <laughs>